Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,554. The topic is training and the title is How to Personalize Your Leg Training. So we did actually a pretty neat podcast just a couple ago, uh, podcast 1,550. We did a training podcast titled How to Personalize Your Chest Training. In that podcast, we discussed how the length of your upper arm bone, your humerus bone, can impact exercise selection when trying to get the best chest growth. We had a listener send in a comment. I got some good feedback. And one of the comments was somebody said that they struggle with lower back pain in their leg day training. So I wanted to touch base with today's podcast on how to personalize your leg training. And we're going to look at the length of your upper leg bone, your femur and how that can impact exercise selection. Now this would be exercise selection. We're gonna kind of gear it more towards like leg development, leg growth, Um, but this would also be uh, contributable and related to strength development. So if you're a powerlifter, a strongman, any kind of strength-based athlete, you're gonna have freedom in your program to some degree to choose exercise accessories. You know, if you're powerlifting, you gotta do a back squat, you know, but you can do a high bar squat rather than a low bar squat. Uh, But there's going to be some modifications and changes that you can do with your accessories. So this is useful for pretty much everybody. (laughs) That's the hope, at least. Uh, So when we look at leg training, the length of your upper leg bone is very impactful into the mechanics of leg movements. The longer your upper thigh bone is, the more forward tilted your torso has to be whenever you're doing movements like squats and and deadlifts and hinges and RDLs and things like that. So if somebody has short upper leg bones, they are commonly more uprighted when they squat, and therefore they're going to get more leg stress, more stress in the thighs. Whereas if somebody has long femurs, long upper leg bones, when they squat, their torso has to angle further, like tilted forward down towards the floor in order for them to get to kind of like a proper depth. That tilting of the torso activates lower back kind of stabilization and bracing, abdominal stabilization and bracing, and also more upper glute uh, kind of development. So they can get a misdeveloped glutes where their upper glutes are dominant compared to the bottom glutes and or they get lower back pain and or they get thicker abdominal development and especially in people who are aesthetic based athletes they don't want that this is sometimes why bodybuilders will skip squats and deadlifts because if their body type uh, isn't managed correctly with their exercise selections they would get lower back pain and or core development and they'll be afraid that their core is going to get too thick and that can be modified just by simply changing the exercises you choose so some adjustments that we can make one general adjustment that I would recommend uh, recommend for long femurs or short femurs is to pre-exhaust the targeted muscles of the thighs. So pre-exhaust what your target is for that day. If your target's quadriceps, do a lot of like leg extensions before you get into your, your main movements. If your target is hamstrings, do some leg curls before you get into main movements. You know, if you want to... Basically, you can pick like adductors, glutes, quads, hamstrings. You can pick whatever you want to pre-exhaust. But before you go to a big movement such as a squat, if you're going to squat to build your quads, don't squat fresh. (laughs) Pre-exhaust. Pre-exhaust the quads. 
get them beat up, get them tired, get them a little fatigued, you will think, oh my gosh, that's going to lessen the weight load that I'm going to use on my squats, therefore I won't get bigger quads. Oh, hell no, you're going to get massive quads. By pre-exhausting the quadriceps, it actually ensures that the quadriceps are even further stressed by the squats. But by pre-exhausting the quadriceps, you can't use as heavy of weight, which is actually a good thing because it lessens the bracing demand on the lower back. It lessens the demand of stabilization and bracing on the core, so you get less thickness in the core. So it actually decreases the negative impacts of, the, of a main lift by pre-exhausting the exact muscle you want to be exhausted in the main lift. So pre-exhaust is actually a technique that'll get you better results. Now, even if you're a strength-based athlete, you can pre-exhaust in your off-season. And then as you get closer to any kind of competition, you would want to decrease the pre-exhaust to get used to the heavy weight loads and rebuild your bracing and stabilization abilities. But the stronger you get as a strength athlete, the less heavy, less often that you should lift. That's one of the biggest mistakes that I see when I work with advanced powerlifters. And I've had people come to me where they already have an elite total and we actually make them even better. One of the things I have to do is actually tell them to not train so heavy so damn much. They train so heavy so often they are killing themselves and wearing themselves out. And that's one of the things is as they get stronger, they actually need to train heavier less often. So... Pre-exhaust is something that we should use whether we have long femurs or short femurs. Now, if you have long femurs, long upper leg bones, some exercise considerations. Number one would be to use more front-loaded movements. You're going to get better thigh development from, like, I know uh, low bar versus high bar is still a back-loaded movement. (laughs) But if, if you low bar squat in order to maximize, like, the amount of weight you can lift, you might be like you're basically you're sacrificing potential growth by trying to get more weight load on the bar. If you're not a strength athlete, why are you doing that? Don't do that. Go so switch to high bar. If you do a lot of high bar already, you can also mix in some front squats. Uh, I prefer to use a non-rolling barbell. So in our gym, we have a camber bar, uh, a thinner kind of normal uh, standard-sized camber bar that doesn't roll. We have the duffalo bar from Kabuki Strength. That won't roll. You can also use um, safety squat bars. They're a higher, they're even higher placement than a high bar, uh, and that helps keep the torso more upright. Uh, there's a transformer bar, which is from Kabuki Strength. Then that actually helps you... Um, You can do different positions with that bar and mimic like goblet squats and front squats uh, in a safer mechanical way. It's not so much thoracic stress. So you can actually get more stress load into the thighs. So that's a really awesome uh, option if you have that available to you. And then you can use machine squats. So especially if you're an aesthetic athlete, no one says you have to use a barbell. No way whatsoever. If you have access to like, um, you know, a Roger Squat Pro machine, those are freaking awesome. Hack Squat machines, those are awesome. Uh, try to use like a linear hack squat, not a pivoting hack squat like the Hammer Strength V Squat. Those are wicked on your lower back. So you want more of a linear straight up and down uh, pathway, 45 degree pathway, uh, typically, um, or 60 degree. But you want a hack squat. <laughs> I'm getting too far off on precision. So. That would be 
some things we can consider in regards to kind of squatting variations is to use more front squats or like with non-rolling barbells so there's not so much thoracic responsibility safety squat bar transformer bar if you have it you can use machines like a roger squat pro hack squats and, and those will help a lot now i have seen some people try to use a smith machine but if you have long femurs that's not going to work well because you probably have to take a very wide stance that's going to hit more adductors than it would quadriceps. So you're better off actually using heel elevation. And this is something that's super helpful for all things like um, step ups, split squats, lunges. The more elevated you can get your heels, if you have long femurs, the more upright your torso will be. So get a good pair of Olympic lifting shoes and you can actually use those for bodybuilding training because it'll help elevate your heel. They usually have about like a three quarter inch elevation. And then you can actually get squat wedges. Like I bought a wedge for the gym from uh, Rogue Fitness. Uh, I think it's like a 10 degree wedge. So I have Olympic lifting shoes which is a three quarter inch elevation plus a 10 degree wedge. And I actually use that a lot when I squat. And I'll use that even with like um, like defilo high bar uh, positions or safety squat bar positions. Um, that heel elevation is going to be your friend because it'll get your torso more and more upright. And again, that lessens the lower back stress. And again, that lessens the, the abdominal thickness concerns. So using heel elevation along with changing the positions of your squats can be very very helpful to maintaining more upright position when you're doing squatting movements now when we talk about hinge based movements like deadlifts romanian deadlifts stiff leg deadlifts all those things <laughs> um, it's not always the case but often if somebody has long femurs they tend to have a short torso and if you have a short torso hinge movements really don't need to be any kind of special considerations however if you do have a long torso so regardless of your femur length if you have a long torso you're going to find hinge movements to be very annoying they're going to have the concerns that squats would have for people with long femurs so regardless of your femur length if you have a long torso hinging movements are going to cause the lower back stabilizational issues, the core thickening issues. So your concern, if you have a long torso, your exercise consideration concern is hinge-based movements, not squats. And the tips we have for that would be to use more isolative positions and movements than heavy compound movements. So for example, I will pick a 45 degree hyperextension before I would pick a barbell RDL. A barbell RDL, you have to go very heavy. A 45 degree hyperextension, you do not need to go very heavy. So you get more isolative work into the muscle you want without all the secondary concerns of stabilization and bracing. So that's uh, an example. You can also do more single leg work than, than both leg work. So doing single leg stiff leg deadlifts or single leg RDLs or split stance RDLs, that is better than using both feet at the same time. Because again, it lessens the weight load and you get more isolated focus into the targeted muscle with less kind of collateral muscles having to be involved in the bracing. And then also use a lot of isolations before compounds. So try to do isolative movements before you do the heavier basics. Again, it's that pre-exhaust kind of concept. Cool. Now, if you have short femurs, 
you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah, you. It doesn't really matter much. Uh, anything you pick is going to feel probably pretty good. Um, if you do end up having lower back pain or core thickness issues, you can adjust some of these ways we've mentioned. But also, you might actually want to consider maybe stretching. You might have really tight uh, internal glute muscles like piriformis muscles, tight adductors, and maybe that's what's causing your lower back pain, not exercise selection. So if you have short femurs, you pretty much get to do whatever you want for the most part. If you have long femurs, you want to have better squat variation considerations. Try to get more of an upright position in your torso and use a lot of heel elevation when you can. Get Olympic lifting shoes and do bodybuilding work in Olympic lifting shoes. If you have a long torso, you're going to be have issues with hinge movements. And as we said, use more isolative positions, more uh, weight limiting choices, and do pre-exhaust before your heavy compounds. Awesome. Well, that's the quick and the dirty of it, of how to make adjustments for leg training based on your personal anatomy. So how to personalize your leg training. Awesome. Well, if you want any help with uh, programming, we do our online service, of course. $200 a month, I write your program, your training programming and your nutrition programming. I check with them with you every single week, do all the video reviews, everything you would want. We also have our bodybuilding training template, which is going to be online on the website pretty soon here in the next couple of weeks. That's $100, and it'll teach you how to write all of your own programming for the rest of your life. Pretty awesome. And then we're now also going to be offering live monthly programs. We are going to have five different uh, kind of focal points. And the idea of this would be is as, as you were a client of mine, I'm going to have a program for power building, program for female shape development, functional longevity, which is how to remain strong and functional as you age. We have pure bodybuilding focus and functional athleticism, which is where you want to be strong but also be very athletic. All of those focal points, uh, those programs, you're going to get a brand new program every single month, brand new exercises every four weeks, and there will be a lot of educational aspects about how to do training intensities and progressions and whatnot, and that's going to be fresh and brand new every single month. So those will be up and uh, active within the next month as well. So we have a lot of stuff coming to the website. Uh, been very blessed to have been continued to grow. Got a lot of people working with me online. I'm actually working with people in seven different countries right now. So I'm totally blessed through 2022 and I want to carry it into 2023 by giving up, uh, giving, uh, giving more stuff and information and availability and just giving back as much as I can through the website. So if you haven't been to our website recently, check it out, www.brutalironjim.com. Lots of good stuff on there. I'm going to keep putting more and more on there. So thank you to everybody who works with me. I hope that you're very happy with everything you're getting. And I hope that through your gift of working with me, I can continue to give back to everybody. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or if you need anything, you have any suggestions, any feedback, always reach out or email us brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please share it. The more people we share it with, the more people can help. When you share it, let people know that we answer their questions for free. So they can just shoot me an email and I'll make a podcast especially, like specifically for them. And then thank you to those who donate to support the podcast. The podcast does have hosting costs every year. I give an hour to it every day, and we want to keep it for free. So thank you to those who donate to help us do that. You can donate on our website at www.brutalironjim.com. And then if you like the information we share on our podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels, Instagram every day, Facebook, um, uh, well, Facebook just connects to Instagram, but YouTube is uh, very good as well. I'm posting a lot more on there. So find us on social media, follow us on social media, and I really appreciate it. As always, I hope this was helpful.
and thank you for listening.